This is ESPN Radio. She is Amber Wilson. I'm Freddie Coleman. Always appreciate you joining us this morning on ESPN Radio as well as the ESPN app. Series X and Channel 80 as well as ESPNU. So now, Amber, here we are. I don't want to say it's DEFCON 1 or DEFCON 5 or DEFCON half when it comes to Saquon Barkley in 2023. Is he he not going to play for the New York Giants? I firmly believe he's going to be on a football field sooner or later. I'm still trying to figure out. Maybe you can help me out because you're a lot younger than me. I don't want to be the old man in the lawn, that kind of thing. But why do guys feel the need that when things are not going right with their teams, they feel the need to scrub any kind of mention on their social media bio with that team being a part of that? I like when you're here, Freddie, because when you're not here, all the guys in the control room are too busy calling me old. So I appreciate that you're here right now (laughs) to call me young, uh, because certainly that's all relative. Uh, But however, (laughs) since I'm kind of younger than you slightly, uh, not much, I don't know if I'm social media young, frankly. (laughs) However, this is what these all of these athletes do at this point, right? Is they all have to remove the name of the team from their bio. It's the thing that they do. They have to scrub their social media of their team. We have seen it time and time and time again. We see it in situations where athletes are under contract. They're locked in for years and they do it. They're just frustrated. They're frustrated with some component of the team. We hear some report that they're disgruntled with something or other. And then all of a sudden their social media is scrubbed. It's how they send a message to the team. It's stupid. It's effective. It's highly effective. I mean, we've seen teams react. They they are getting the message, right? And they mm-hmm. understand that he's upset. And how do you send a message when other than just holding out? And with holding out, you're talking about $10.1 million on the line for a Saquon Barkley who hasn't yet signed that franchise tender. And the other way to put pressure other than just costing your bank account significant money is to go ahead and delete the giants right and to pretend Mm -hmm. like well on social anyways i'm no longer linked to this team i'm looking elsewhere and it gets all of us talking it's really one of the only forms of control or messaging that he really has but at this point none of the messaging has worked freddie we know that saquon barkley wants more money we know that saquon barkley is mad at the giants At this point, removing them from his profile, although it's effective sometimes for athletes here, it's just kind of a no bleep, right? Uh, I mean, we already know. We already know you're upset. One of the things about what he's trying to do, and and you're spot on, Amber, in terms of getting someone's attention, not that Saquon Barkley needed to do that because he got the Giants' attention. You may be able to do that with an organization not called the New York Giants. This is an old-school charter franchise where they have an older mentality, even older than most NFL franchises out there because they've been that kind of family operation ever since they've been in the National Football League. They're not going to look at something like this and say, well, we got to do something for Saquon Barkley. They're going to say, whatever. We're going to go sign James Robinson to make sure that if you decide not to play, we're not just going into this regular season with Matt Breida. They've already told Saquon Barkley, you know who we value more than you. And it's going to be the quarterback. That's why Daniel Jones is getting $82 million, $82 million in guaranteed money for 2023 and 2024 and opt out for 2025 if things aren't going well. Saquon Barkley knows he's not going to be accorded and afforded that kind of attention and financial considerations that Daniel Jones got. So by scrubbing his media bio, that might work against an ownership group that is maybe more new school. But the Giants, a proud charter franchise of the National Football League, for 100-plus years, they look at that and say, dude, whatever. If you're here, you're here. If you're not, we told you who we believe in. 
and it's not you. It's a quarterback that was adequate at best last year, but it was better than they had seen from Daniel Jones the first part of his Giants career before 2022. See, the great thing about social media is allowing these athletes to have more control over their own brand, right? And everybody these days has a microphone, but that actually works out quite well from the professional athlete's perspective. They used to have to go to us in the media, right? Or the beat writer, they're tasked with... Uh, covering the team. They used to have to go to him or her and give some sort of cryptic answer Uh to some sort of question to let us know that he's in fact disgruntled with his team. It's not like that anymore. Now they can just click update bio on Instagram or on Twitter or whatever. And we all get the message that he's frustrated with his team. It's just that here, whether it's the giants as an old school organization or not, it makes no difference here. There is no message to send beyond the message that he's already sent, which is that he is in fact frustrated. The message that Saquon could send that at this point would be effective is not showing up, right? Not showing up to training, never signing the franchise tag, not showing up during the season. Of course, that's going to cost him $10.1 million. It's a lot cheaper to just change your bio on Instagram than it is to cost yourself $10.1 million by holding out. But regardless of how you send the message to your team, and I'm pretty sure the Giants have already gotten the message loud and clear, there is things here that can still get done between Saquon and the Giants. Now, it can only be a one-year deal at this point, but they Mm -hmm. could still work out a deal. I mean, they could still work out something. And if it was something incentive-based then I think it makes sense from a Giants perspective as well. Yes, you were apprehensive about giving him the extension. You're not going to give him the multiple years that he, in fact, wanted. And so I don't know if he's going to play ball with you on a one-year deal. But you could work out a one-year deal that's more than the franchise tag and incentive-based. You hit X amount of yards, you get X amount of money, right? You play in X amount of games, you get X amount of money. That would make it a little bit easier. This problem that we heard from Nick Chubb earlier in the show, and if you Mm -hmm. missed anything here, you can always check out the podcast on the ESPN app. What we heard from Nick Chubb was they actually get punished at that position the better that they do on the field. If you have a 2,000-yard season, then they're going to say, well, now his body's going to break down. He can't do it again. Except for if you have an incentive-based contract, even if it's for one year for Saquon, it gives him that motivation to go out there and still play his hardest because he'll end up getting a lot more money than he otherwise would and also help his numbers to try to get some extension in the future with either the Giants or another team. So I feel like that's actually the best course of business here. And maybe that's why he's continuing to try to put pressure on the Giants. This is his way of doing that. I just think at this point, it's stupid because the message has been sent. And if they're going to reach some sort of agreement, It's not going to have anything to do with whether the Giants are on his Instagram profile or his Twitter profile or his threads profile in 2020. No doubt about that. Amber Wilson, Freddie Coleman together on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and also ESPNU. Chris Canty, former NFL player, ESPN Radio host when he was on Greeny. He's with Amber Wilson. Saquon, you can do this, but dude, this act is tired, tired, tired. This is getting a little bit old for me, Michelle. Like the athletes scrubbing their social media page. Like if it's that fickle, if you're going to change it on a whim, then just don't even put it up there in the first place. Like just recognize that pro sports is a business and that the team that says they love you, they really don't love you. They just appreciate what you can do and they're willing to compensate you for it. So I just don't understand. It's like James Harden is doing the same thing with the Sixers because he wants out of there. 
I just I get tired of the athletes trying to use their social media platforms to send a message to the team as if that's going to get the team to move on what they want to do, if that's going to get the team to move closer in the negotiations to where the players want it to go. No, it's not going to happen. The team could care less. Joe Shane and Brian Dayball don't give a damn that Saquon Barkley has taken Giants running back off of his Instagram. <laughs> they don't care. And they've also told Saquon Barkley they don't care about his feelings by allowing $1.5 to $2 million keep them and these two from getting together on a contract. To me, that's the main reason, Amber, why he feels completely, completely hurt. Yeah, he's not getting that long-term deal. He believes he's owed that long-term deal. K. Steve, I'm with you on social media at Coleman ESPN, Amber W Sports. He says the Vikings will be worse without Dalvin Cook. Giants won't make the playoffs without Saquon Barkley. That's not new news either, but you're spot on by saying that because this Giants team will not be the same without Saquon Barkley. But they've already let it be known. They believe they can win without you. They're going to do everything they can to put Daniel Jones, Amber, in a position to win without Saquon Barkley. They've allowed $1.5 to $2 million to be a stalemate, and it bugs the living you-know-what out of Saquon Barkley when the quarterback that he helped Last year to become adequate, got eighty-two is going to get eighty-two million dollars in guaranteed money this year and next year. So scrubbing a social media bio, you can do all that all you want. The Giants aren't on social media; they don't even give a you know what about those kind of things. What they know is this: if you're here, if you want to sign a franchise tender, it's ten point one million dollars, and we control everything. We want to franchise tag you again. If you don't show up, that means you're going to get fined for not being there. If you're Saquon Barkley, he may think he has leverage on social media. He has zero leverage. And don't think for one second that even Saquon Barkley doesn't know anything about that, no matter what kind of scrubbing he does about the Giants on his social media pages. The Giants are on social media, but it's somebody in their media relations department, right, or somebody there in their social media department. It's not at all the real front office from a football operations perspective. It's not Brian Dayball sitting there on social media so concerned that Saquon deleted Giants running back from his social media. I agree Uh with Canty from that perspective. I disagree from the perspective, though, that it should change and that athletes should stop doing this because it feels to me like they want some semblance of control over their own messaging, and that's really their way to do it. I mean, on the back end, of course, he's got his agent working with the Giants and trying to get something done here like they've been trying to get something done for months. This is his way to speak directly to us, right? To send messages directly to us instead of allowing somebody else to speak for him. But again, it is a little silly in this scenario because we all already knew, you know, it's not Mm -hmm. like LeBron will sub LeBron's like the king of subtweeting over the last 15 years, you know, and sometimes with LeBron, he'll put something out there and we're like, huh? You know, we didn't see it coming. We didn't know. It feels like a subtweet. He's alluding to something. All of a sudden we start looking to some issue. That's not what's happening here. We all know the issue here with Saquon Barkley. And you said they were only a couple million apart. There's been conflicting reports on that. Who knows? It's probably the guaranteed money that ended up being the problem here. It's probably the amount of years. I still think the Giants, because they do need him. They are in the unusual situation of you do need him. He is the leader of your locker room. You need to give Daniel Jones that help. You did just pay Daniel Jones all that money. And even though, yes, the quarterback market is different from the running back market, and I don't like the comparison there with the deals, if you're going to pay your quarterback that kind of money, put 
your quarterback in a position to win. Saquon Barkley helps him do that. Get a one-year incentive latent contract done with Saquon to make him feel on the back end like he's got something to play for. And as part of that contract, Freddie, they could include a clay or they could include a paragraph that says, "Hey, we won't franchise you in 2024 if you hit, you know, X, Y, and Z." And that would also make him feel like moving forward, if he plays really well this season, maybe he will get a multi-year deal, whether with the Giants or with a different team. Hey, Saquon, the words of the great Nino Brown from the movie New Jack City. Business B, never personal. You're making this personal. It is not going to work out for you no matter what you want and are not going to get from the New York Giants. Keep weighing in on social media, Amber W Sports. That's Amber's handle, my handle at Coleman ESPN. Don't forget the phone number as well, the triple eight say ESPN. 888-729-3776. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio this morning. Also on the ESPN app, Sirius X and Channel 80, and ESPNU. When it comes to a player and another player trying to get money, should a player say, hey, I'm going to get involved with this to help you? A former front office insider will speak on that next on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Amber Wilson, Freddie Coleman together. Always appreciate you joining us this morning on ESPN Radio, as well as the ESPN app, Series X and Channel 80, and ESPNU. So I wonder what with Mike Tannenbaum, now ESPN NFL front office insiders, with a couple of NFL teams who joins us now on ESPN Radio. What did he do? about the whole Saquon situation and scrubbing social media. Let's get his thoughts on that and so much more. Mike, I'm going to start there. If you're working for the New York Giants and you see that Saquon Barkley has scrubbed any mention of the New York Giants on his social media page, what do you think is being said in those offices regarding the New York Giants about this? You know, Freddie, I consulted with my social media experts, my two teenagers, <laughs> and in 2023, that's a very meaningful step. So... Um, Look, I would take that very seriously. And if I was the New York Giants, here's what I'd be concerned about, guys. I don't think he's going to miss a paycheck. It's too much money, $555,000 per week. But go back to Jalen Ramsey a couple years ago with the Jaguars. This whole idea, guys, of a hold in, not a hold out, would scare me to death. If I'm the Giants, I have no idea if he's going to play on that first game, Monday Night Football against the Dallas Cowboys. And that's what would keep me up at night. So it does actually matter from a front office perspective. Freddie and I were theorizing okay. that the front office is not caring or looking at Saquon Barkley's social media. Mike Tannenbaum on with us, of course, our ESPN NFL front office insider. So, Mike, since you spent so long in front offices yourself, you're telling me that you do take note of kids these days, right, Mike, of, of what they're doing on social media because social media is so important now. 
Absolutely. It's actually a meaningful part of when you uh, acquire a player as well. You know, certainly when you go through the draft process, we would have uh, scouting interns go back um, over decades and just try to learn as much as you can about players. You know, that's how they communicate nowadays, Amber. So it, it's meaningfully important uh, when you bring anybody into your organization, you want to know as much about them as possible. Barkley, Sir Carl Barkley even said, and I quote, my leverage is I could say, bleep you to the Giants. I could say, bleep you to my teammates and be like, you want me to show you my worth. You want me to show you how valuable I am to the team. I won't show up. I won't play it down. And that's a play I could use, end quote. Now, I misspoke earlier. I said that he could be fine for not being at camp. He does, he can't be fine because he's currently not under contract. But if you're a guy like Daniel Jones, the quarterback, who's going to get $82 million in guaranteed money this year and next year, how do you manage that line about you know you need that guy but not getting involved with another man's money and another man's contract? You know, Freddie, I think the biggest disappointment in all this is, is Daniel Jones because, candidly, being on the inside of negotiations for as long as I was, there was nothing more pressure, more effective pressure than when a player or a coach or somebody from within said, hey, you're blowing it, Mike. You don't understand how important this person is. And Daniel Jones's job description is he's a battlefield commander. He is the CEO of the Giants. And when you get paid $40 million plus a year, you go into their front office and say, hey, I'm going to sit here until this deal gets done, and I don't care if you have to take it from my contract because I'll walk out and tell my marketing agent, go get me another appearance or two. Because if I make $2 million less, it's not going to change my life. But not having Saquon Barkley, who I threw the ball to 77 times a year ago, will change my life. So this deal will get done, and that's part of my job description as being the franchise quarterback. So let's talk about that deal, Mike, because I keep saying that they could still get a deal done, a one-year deal, because I believe that's all they can do now at this point, but where they agree not to franchise tag him in 2024, and maybe it's incentive-based, where if you play X amount of games, you get this bump. If you have this many yards, you get this bump. How realistic do you think that is, that we will still at some point here see a deal between the Giants and between Saquon Barkley? Because he can't do a multi-year deal, um, I, I don't think that's really on the table, Amber. I think the one thing that you could potentially see is in a trade situation, we did this when we traded for Brett Favre and the Jets recently just did this with Aaron Rodgers. You could actually put a condition in the trade. So let's say he's traded to you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars or whomever. And in the trade papers, you could say that it's a third round pick in 2025. However, if Saquon Barkley is a member of our team in 2024, that third-round pick goes to a second or a first-round pick. You could put conditions in a trade papers. Therefore, if you're the acquiring team of Saquon Barkley, you could say, Saquon, under the rules, we can't extend you until after the season, but clearly we're going to do that. Um, and if we do, then the Giants can get more compensation. So that would really be, to me, the most realistic solution here. Beyond that... Um, on a one-year exposure, if I'm Saquon Barkley, what I would basically say is like, look, you guys exerted your leverage on July 16th and 17th. Mm -hmm. That's fine. I'm going to exert my leverage the week of the Dallas Cowboy game because I'm going to get $555,000 not to play. Mike Tannenbaum does a great job, as always, at ESPN NFL Front Office Insider. Hit him on Twitter, Real Tannenbaum, joining Freddie Coleman and Amber Wilson on ESPN Radio and ESPNU. And you mentioned Aaron Rodgers. A lot of people believe those 12 interceptions last year, you're not going to see that this year. If that's going to be the case, then what is the ceiling for a guy, Garrett Wilson, many people believe is going to be the next great wide receiver in the National Football League for the Jets? 
Yeah, Freddie, I'm on board. Boy, he had an unbelievable catch yesterday. We'll be talking about that on Get Up, I'm sure, with, with Greeny for for better part of two hours. But um, <laughs> look, I think <laughs> I think Garrett Wilson has a chance to be a superstar. I think he's faster than Devontae Adams and um, certainly has higher upside. The question with Garrett Wilson is, can he stay healthy? But if he can play in all 17 games, his ceiling is absolutely incredible. Mike, is there a scenario where Mike McCarthy doesn't finish out the entire season here with the Dallas Cowboys? No question about it. Mike McCarthy's coaching future is really he bet on himself to be the play caller. And basically what he's saying is we have a championship defense and Dak Prescott had a league leading 17 interceptions when you include the postseason. That's not going to happen this year. Um I've been around head coaches who are play callers, like Coach Parcells did it with the Jets and others along the way. It's very difficult to do because think of all the myriad decisions you have from when to challenge, accepting penalties, all those other things. So I think there's going to be some growing pains here. But um, Mike McCarthy has absolutely said, hey, all my chips are in the middle of the table. I know how to get this team to the Super Bowl. We don't need Kellen Moore. And it's going to be fascinating to see it um, develop in the coming months. But they need to get off to a big start because there's so much pressure on them. How much of that or what he decided to do to call plays and relieve Kellen Moore, Mike, of his duties is based on the fact he wants to reduce that kind of pressure on his quarterback when it comes to Dak Prescott? It's 100%. Brian Schottenheimer is the offensive coordinator. I work with Brian in New York. We went to back-to-back championship games with a very similar formula. We had a good quarterback in Mark Sanchez. Not a great one, although I think Dak's a better football player than, than Sanchez. But we had a great running game, a great defense, and I think Coach McCarthy says, hey, we got a great player in Tony Pollard. We have a championship defense led by Micah Parsons, who, in my opinion, is the best non-quarterback in the NFL. And this is how we're going to go win games in 2023. Mike, always a pleasure, my friend. Keep it the great work. And try to keep Greeny in line because I saw that catch by Gary Wilson. You're going to be talking about this until the opening day of the season. So you take care and be well, all right? <laughs> Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office inside. Hit him on Twitter, Real GM. By the way, Alex Roach hit us on social media at Coleman ESPN and at Amber W Sports. And he said, I'm going to read this Amber word for word. Remember this, guys. On July the 24th, 2023, the New York Giants made the biggest mistake of their life by signing James Robinson, thinking he's going to replace Saquon Barkley when they start getting their whooping this year. This is what happens that you can't have a system and make it work if you don't have the talent around your quarterback who is just adequate at best when it comes to Daniel Jones. Yeah, I don't think the Giants are trying to send a message that they think he's going to be Saquon, right? But you got to have somebody. Yeah, exactly. And you have to have some sort of depth at that position because you have to be prepared for Saquon not to show up. And I think that's what the Giants were trying to do there. Yeah, I think they're banking on the fact they don't believe he's going to show up week one when it comes to Saquon Barkley, that he he won't sit out the season. But trying to make a statement – I can see the Giants making sure they have a guy in place, to your point, because they may have that inkling to say, we don't think that guy's going to be there opening day when they take on the Dallas Cowboys when it comes to Saquon Barkley at the running back position. Like we mentioned, keep weighing in on social media at Amber W Sports. Amber's handle, my handle, the Coleman ESPN. The phone number is there for you as well at 888-ESPN-888-729-3776. So we got a pretty good idea that maybe Dak Prescott of Dallas Cowboys could be facing a make-or-break season. How many other people are in that box with him in 2023 NFL? We'll get to that next on ESPN Radio and ESPNU. 
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. And we put it on the make or break year tip when it comes to the NFL 2023. Amber Wilson, Freddie Coleman together this morning on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and ESPNU presented by Progressive Insurance. We bring a new no, our producer. He throws the situations at us. It could be a player, it could be a coach, it could be anything. And we'll let you know if it is a make or break year or not. So, Nuno, the floor is yours. All right, Amber, I'll start with you. Real or not real, this is a make or break year for Justin Fields. This is real. It is a make or break year for Justin Fields. He's not the guy for Eberflus, right? He's not the guy for Ryan Poles. They're not, he's not the guy that they drafted, that they brought in. And whenever you're in that situation, you're going to have to prove to the front office and you're going to have to prove yourself to the coaching staff. Now, if they didn't believe he could be the guy, I don't believe that they would have traded away that number one pick. So I do think that they believe, they have some semblance in belief of what he can be in the future. But if he goes out, Freddie, and he lays an egg this season, they're going to move on because they know that their window here to be towards the top of the draft is hopefully going to be a small one. They're on their way. They're building things, what they think is the right direction. We do expect them to take somewhat of a leap this season. I don't mean a leap in terms of postseason. I don't even think that's the goal. But you're evaluating a lot of positions on this team. You would rip this thing all the way down to the studs. You're building it back up. There's a lot of guys on that team that have to prove themselves to this front office, Justin Fields being at the top of that list. I think Justin Fields can do it. Don't get me wrong. I think he's absolutely electric, and I think he just has to do a little bit more with his arm and use some of the DJ Moore and the others that they brought in there in terms of the weaponry around him. But I don't don't think that he should feel very confident in the job security at this point. I'm going to say that's not real because he's still in year three and he's still learning that offense. That offense is learning him, and that's why they brought in DJ Moore. That's why they're able to accumulate those kind of weapons. I'm not saying it's going to be a gap year when it comes to that, but I think they're going to give him a little bit more leeway. Next year, to me, could be a make-or-break year based on what happens in year three with Justin Fields because now they feel they have more compliments that can help him out in the offense. So I'll go the opposite way. I'll say that this year – is not a make or break year for Justin Fields. But if it doesn't map out the way they think it's going to, then next year we're having a different conversation. All right, Amber. Next up, Trey Lance. Real or not real, this is a make or break year for him. (laughs) uh, So this one's hard because I don't even know if he's going to have the opportunity to make it or break it. I mean, yes, it is a make or break year, but I'm not sure he is going to be making or breaking it on (laughs) the field. I, I mean, 
truly. And we're talking about a guy who they traded all the way up to pick at the top of that draft there, Freddie. And it's a sad state of affairs for a career that's been derailed here by injuries over the last couple of years. But during that time, he's seen Brock Purdy come out of nowhere and excel. He's seen Jimmy G obviously excel before he ends up also injured and end up ends up on the Raiders. And now they bring in Sam Darnold as well. So yeah. you've got two other guys on this team that are viable starters. It feels like Brock Purdy, because of what he did this past season, is going to get the nod. He's had his own injury issues, so I don't know if he's going to be ready to start at the beginning of the season. If you slot in Sam Darnold and all of a sudden he starts looking like the next coming in that <laughs> Shanahan offense, it's problems for Trey Lance because he just keeps falling further and further down the depth chart. The only reason that they're going to about face in that scenario and put him out there is because of where they drafted him. But in terms of the actual winning, if they feel like Brock Purdy gives them a better shot or Sam Darnold gives them a better shot, I don't know if Trey Lance is going to get the opportunity to make or break. It might just be the circumstances around him that break him. It's not a make or break year for Trey Lance. It's a break or break year for Trey Lance, to be completely honest with you, because all the points you made, they have said everything they wanted in terms of who they don't want to be their starting quarterback. And that guy is Trey Lance because they talk about Brock Purdy's going to be ready by week one. Sam Darnold's looking really, really good in the offseason training activities. Meanwhile, crickets next in the name of Trey Lance, a guy that they wanted, that they wanted in the draft, in that draft to have Mac Jones and everybody else. And now all of a sudden they can't wait to move on from him. So, yeah. It's not make or break. It's break or break. Either way for Trey Lance, he may not get an opportunity to prove that one way or the other. All right. We're sticking with this theme of young quarterbacks. Jordan Love, we know he's going to be the starter. Is this a real or not real? Is this a make or break year for him, Amber? Uh, I will say not real. Uh, it is not a make or break year for Jordan Love. We're playing a lot of hacky radio games here. Real or not real, <laughs> make or break. But yes, I will say it's not real that this is the make or break season. I do think that they will allow him another season after that. He's locked in for another season after that. I think that's really where it'll be a make or break year in 2024. This season right now, I think you come in. They hope that they see something out of him, that they feel like they are in good hands moving forward. But I don't think he needs to come in and be blowing it out of the water and making a postseason. I think they recognize there in Green Bay that he's got very, very big shoes to fill. And it's going to take some time, Freddie. What she said, Nuno, let's move on. <laughs> Perfect. It'd be, it'd be, I love that. It'd be, it'd be overkill what yeah. she said. Let's move <laughs> All on. All right. Real or not real, this is a make or break year for Bill Belichick's Patriot future, Amber. No, uh, this is not real. I don't believe this at all. I feel like Robert Kraft is out here. He's saying the things on the podcast this offseason and everywhere else when he's got a microphone around him. I think he's just trying to put pressure on Bill to win, but I don't actually believe that there's any scenario where Robert Kraft moves on from Bill Belichick. Not this season. Now, down the road in a few years, Bill's already 71. Could Mm -hmm. I see a scenario where if they're mediocre for too long that they have a conversation about Bill retiring. I could see that, right? They're not going to fire Bill Belichick by any means, but I think we're years away from that, frankly. I don't think that this is at all a make or break season. I just think Robert Kraft is trying to light the fire under this team. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Here's something else. More than ever before, Bill Belichick better realize if we have dudes, we better put them in positions to make plays. If you believe you have a dude that can be the quarterback, then you better make sure you get guys on the outside. He has Devontae Park. He thinks that can be the guy. They decide not to sign New Hopkins, but especially in that division where everybody has a dude on the outside. Tua Tungavailoa in Miami has two of them when it comes to Jalen Wild and Tyreek Hill. 
The Jets have their playmaker, Aaron Rodgers, and now Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard. The Buffalo Bills, they still have Stephon Diggs, and they drafted Dalton Kincaid out of Utah. Name that playmaker for the New England Patriots. Right now, that person does not exist. So, yeah, if he doesn't get a playoff bid or get close to the playoffs this year, then next year, if you thought Robert Kraft was strong before this season, he's really going to be unhappy, man, if they go another year and not make the playoffs in the fourth year post-Tom Brady. So, got it. Dolphin fans, Dolphin fan Amber Wilson wants this version of Bill Belichick to be around forever. forever. <laughs> and Dolphin fan Amber Wilson is here to tell you, Devontae Parker, it ain't it, Freddie. Yeah, that ain't I, I the know, answer, uh, New you, England. You don't have to tell try. me. You don't have to tell me. I know he, he ain't him. Not for the Pages, not what they need him to do. All right. Real or not real, this is a make or break year for Dak Prescott. Ooh. This is not real. This is not real at all. It is not a make or break year. Now, we know Dak's gone out and he said, I'm not going to throw double digit interceptions. We know how many he threw this past season. It was a frustrating season from Dak Prescott this past season from an accuracy perspective. I think this season is going to be better for Dak, but frankly, it doesn't matter much. I mean, as long as he goes out there and is somewhat competent, this is their guy. They've committed to him for years. They paid him the monster dollars. This is their guy. Jerry's not moving on from Dak anytime soon, Freddie. He's not, but I'm going to say it is real that it is a make or break year for Dak Prescott because the last time we saw him on a football field, it did look well against the San Francisco 49ers. And he didn't have guys pointing their fingers at him, but he has some guys in defense giving a little stink eye and cross nose thinking, dude, we did our job. All you have to do is make some plays. All you have to do is make some completions and not turn the football over because the week before that, he looked sensational against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So that's why I'll say it's a make or break year because. I want to see the Dak Prescott I saw before the injury. And I saw glimpses of it last year, but not to my liking as a Dallas Cowboys fan. So if he wants to get back to that guy that I've seen before that was so good at not turning over the football, that can make plays with his legs, that that was pretty good, maybe underrated at reading defenses, I'll say it's a make-or-break year that's real from that standpoint because if he's going to be a guy that can be the guy that can raise above that tier level where he's at right now quarterbacks, then he's got to show something that he did not show the last time he was on a football field when the Cowboys lost on the road in a winnable game against the San Francisco 49ers. I think McCarthy's the buffer there for the heat from that that hot seat perspective. That is fair because if anybody's going to go first, if it doesn't work out, it'll be McCarthy before Dak Prescott, but then he'll be really in the crosshairs of the Dallas Cowboys and the Jones family if that's going to be the case if it does not work out in 2023. Great stuff by Amber Wilson and Freddie Coleman. By the way, Hot Ticket is brought to you by Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. Get great deals on the hottest tickets and experience it live. Now, about an hour ago, Alan Yates, one of our producers, had choice words for Amber Yates because of her eye color and the fact that he's scared of that. We're going to go the other way. She has choice words, not for Alan Yates, but for a player who has a lot of hate for her favorite team, the Miami Heat. Hate, 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 hate next on ESPN Radio and ESPNU. So we all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. So far this morning on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and also ESPNU with Amber Wilson, Freddie Coleman, we've had plenty of people join up on the pretty love-hate machine. Now, Alan Yates is the conductor. He's always been like that. But Mark Morales, one of our producers, he's a part of that. Nuno, our producer, is a co-conductor when it comes to the pretty love-hate machine. <laughs> Now, it's Amber Wilson's turn to get into that, courtesy of one Paul Pierce. Now, for those who don't know, Amber's a Miami woman, loves the Heat, loves the Dolphins. She's a Florida Gators fan of a Miami Hurricanes fan because that's where she went to school when it comes to the Florida Gators. So don't get mad at her and say, oh, you got to be a total Miami fan. She loves her Florida Gators. She liked them from birth. But now Paul Pierce is in the crosshairs of Amber Wilson, probably the pretty love hate machine, because he's insisting that he's had a better career than Dwayne Wade of the aforementioned Miami Heat. On an appearance on It Is What It Is podcast, he said, and I quote, because you can just feel the steam coming from the the eyes and head of Amber Wilson right now. Put Shaq on my team. Put LeBron and Chris Bosh with me. I'm not going to win one. You put me, LeBron, and Bosh. We're not going to win one. We're not going to win a couple. Who's the better three-point shooter? Is he a better scorer? Okay, he averaged more points than me in his career. I can shoot the three. I can mid-range. I can post up. I can get to the line. Who a better score? For a long time, my skills went underappreciated because I didn't get to play with a lot of great players. And then I got to play with KG, meaning Kevin Garnett, and Ray Allen past their prime. Four years earlier, you put me, Ray, and KG together. You think we ain't walking away with three ships? End quote. I mean. Amber, the floor is yours. Woo, it's wild. First of all, for him to say KG and Ray Allen were past their prime, Ray Allen ends up leaving, going to Miami, and by the way, you know, championship. So there's that whole component of this conversation Uh that I'm sure was not very nice to KG and to Ray Allen. Now, I understand there's no love lost between Allen and Paul Pierce, just like there's no love lost here between Dwayne Wade and Paul Pierce. We have heard this song and dance from Paul Pierce before. He did it on our airwaves back in 2019. And Jalen Rose, to his face, ratted off all the statistics uh-huh. that I could go through with you about how much better Wade's career was than Paul Pierce's. It's not even close in terms of championships, all-star and odds, 13 to 10, all NBA first team. Paul Pierce never even had one of those, by the way. Dwayne Wade had multiple, all NBA any team, all defense, <laughs> field goal percentage, points per game, basically every single category except for the amount of games played. That's the only category that Paul Pierce essentially wins in. His career wasn't at all what Dwayne Wade's career was. And for him to act like he didn't play with anybody, wasn't that the original big three? Didn't they Mm -hmm. invent the big three on that Boston Celtics team before Miami came in and showed them how to actually do it? Uh He's always been so bitter with the Miami Heat because they thought that they were going to have the not one, not two, not three. They thought that was 
going to be them in that version of the Boston Celtics. And it wasn't them because of the Miami Heat. And ever since then, he has never been able to get over the Miami Heat. He's never been able to get over Dwayne Wade. Even to this day, when I hear Paul Pierce just say things about this current Miami Heat team. It sounds bitter as heck. It was years ago, Paul. Get over it. Also, you ain't Dwayne, buddy. (laughs) Period. Here's to this. I'm not going to play the devil's advocate role here when it comes to Paul Pierce, but I will say this. He always wants to make sure that you don't forget his value to a basketball team. There's no doubt that he's going to be in the Pro Basketball Hall of Fame, as he should in Springfield, Massachusetts. He had that kind of career where he was a dude on that Celtics team. Even when Kevin Garnett got there, even Ray Allen got there, I saw him make a lot more clutch plays with the ball in his hands than those other two guys who are also going to be in the Basketball Hall of Fame. But it has to be very, very wounding to a guy that has had a celebrated career, and he knows it's never, ever going to be celebrated as much as two guys that he competed against. Gave them that work sometimes, and they gave him that work back when it comes to LeBron James and Dwayne Wade. This is Paul Pierce's way of saying, I don't want you to forget about me. I'm going to let you know that, hey, if I was in the same situation, I would have been able to do the same thing those guys did. Now, you can play hypotheticals, Paul Pierce, all you want. It depends on what you believe or what you bring to that whole situation. From my standpoint, Dwayne Wade was a better basketball player than Paul Pierce. And I'm sure Paul Pierce doesn't want to hear that, but that's not my problem. That's Paul Pierce's problem. But to me, Amber, this is a guy that knows what kind of career he had playing for that franchise, and he sees other guys that he believes that he was as good or, in the case of Dwayne Wade, better than, and they're always going to get more love than him. You can say it's an ego thing, whatever that is, but that's just me saying that's where Paul Pierce is coming from, speaking his truth compared to the truth that's actually out there. He's not as good as LeBron James, and in my opinion, Dwayne Wade was a better basketball player. But it's not your opinion. It's everybody's opinion because it was fact. Like, Dwayne Wade was better. He had the better career than Paul Pierce. And for Paul Pierce to try to minimize Dwayne Wade's almost two-decade-long career to just with Shaq and just with LeBron, like as if this Dwayne Wade didn't do anything else outside of those guys, it's total lunacy. That first championship in Miami with Shaq, that was Dwayne Wade's championship. Let's be real about that. That was Dwayne Wade's team very, 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 very early on in his career. It was obvious, like out of the gate, the kind of talent that you had from Dwayne Wade. And yes, he needed a little extra help to win that championship. But by the way, all of these guys needed a little extra help. And let's not pretend like that was the most prime version of Shaq either. However, his his career extended so far beyond that. There are so many other years. I mean, LeBron was only with Dwayne for four years of this nearly two-decade career. Mm-hmm. It's not as if he was playing with those guys for 18 years. That's not how this worked. We saw so many versions of the Miami Heat all led by Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade is the Miami Heat. He was the face of that franchise. And for Paul Pierce to minimize his career to just who he was playing with for the championships, I feel like is so incredibly insulting, but particularly coming from a player that his only championship was with the likes of Kevin Garnett and was with the likes of Ray Allen. Nobody's out here doing it by themselves, especially you, Paul Pierce. (laughs) Amber Wilson, part of the Pretty Love Hate Machine against Paul Pierce. Joining me, Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app series, XM Channel 80 and ESPNU. Now, we missed about an hour ago. Alan Yates, one of our producers, talked about that Amber Wilson scares him because of her eye color and how terrified he is 
when he sees her eyes. Well, John in Florida wants to weigh in on that at 888-729-3776. Big <laughs> We're bad taking calls on this Oh, now? absolutely. Big bad John, what you got to say <laughs> oh, about absolutely, that, my man? absolutely, Amber. Yes, we are. Okay, John, Listen, go ahead. You, it, it's, a real, it's a real thing. It's a real thing, and I've heard this my whole life. I have blue eyes as well. Okay. And people don't, people don't under, they, like, you don't understand it when you have it. <laughs> Just like the cool thing you're talking about with Paul Pierce and Wade, like Wade, Wade doesn't have no ego. He don't care. Like, like it, it, they're just totally different people. But as well, far hope- as the eye thing goes, though, like it, it is a thing, and it took me a while to realize it. I'm 38 years old. I, you look like you're in like your late 20s, maybe. Oh, I'm thank not you, sure. sweetie. Go on. <laughs> 40. But, uh, uh, but I do. I appreciate you so much, what? John, for that, especially I'm for the extra. Extra kind words. We're up against the clock. You got some flowers, though. There you go. Well, thank thank you, John. I appreciate it. I would let you, trust me, if we weren't up against the clock, I would let that just, that call just go on. Uh, Complimenting me. Believe that, at least for an hour after he said that I look like I'm in my late 20s. Believe that. (laughs) I hope Paul Pierce is watching, by the way, on ESPNU and is terrified of my terrifying blue eyes. Look into them, Paul. Look into them. This is ESPN Radio.